0: Welcome to Podrick the Podcast, the only podcast that doesn't have a sales agenda in the marketing world. In this series, we're all mad here. I, Maor Sadra, CEO of Incremental, interview people from all around the industry with various backgrounds and roles to hear and share their views and opinions about the continuous changing industry we're a part of. The interviews are always uber casual and never scripted. Other than awkward silences, we don't cut anything out, keeping things very real and natural. In today's interview, I had the pleasure of speaking with Captain Andre Kempe, CEO of Admiral Media. Andre is one of the most well-known people in the digital marketing community with a ton of experience and an awesome sharp view of the world. We talked about the privacy-related changes our industry is experiencing and will experience with both Google and Apple making their own big moves in this direction. Andre shared some things that I had not known about him in this interview, which I think that every person who wants to develop their career should hear. I enjoy this conversation and hope you will too. Hello, captain. How are you (laughs) doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm I'm good, I'm good. Andrea, uh, so where are you based these days? (laughs) I know
1: I'm uh, moving around a little bit. Um, (laughs) Every year, new home, but uh, I'm I'm now based in Marbella, and I think I will stay here. Uh, Marbella, for those who don't know, that's uh, south of Spain, close to Gibraltar, uh, sunshine state
0: basically <laughs> cool and the, like obviously from the accent you're not from there so what, oh, what... i'm german i'm german yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you escape the weather or what was it the food the weather because <laughs> i live i live in germany you know it i love it but uh...
1: <laughs> i
0: escaped the germans
1: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding um the uh, I think there's two things I, I really didn't uh, catch up in my life. This is uh, soccer and beer. Um, so I, I was always a big wine lover and uh, definitely... Uh, something else but not uh, soccer Um, so at some point I actually wanted to move to Cape Town uh, South Africa famous for its wines right Um, but the uh, end result was because I couldn't get the visa um, that my wife and I decided that we still want to live in a state that um, is not only famous for wines but also has sunshine um, so, yeah, we ended up in Spain, and we are actually happy about this decision, to be honest. It's a, cool. a great, great place to live. Cool.
0: And it's it's extremely related, you know, the way I ask the introduction question is not just like an intro. It's like, a, like, you know, obviously, please introduce yourself, but also kind of like tell your story to how you ended up where you are.
1: <laughs> well, um, a long time ago, I started, um, I actually had a how's it how's it called Uh, apprenticeship um long time ago um so i didn't i never went to college or or university or something um so i had an apprenticeship which is a famous thing in germany uh, where you go to uh, a company to work for three years uh and this is like uh, a mix of working and going to school um six weeks you work in the company you do small things and learn a lot of things like presentation and depending on what what you learn, right. Um, And in in school, you learn all the accounting stuff and whatever they want to teach you. Um, Anyway, so I did this and I did this together with the German Telekom, the Deutsche Telekom, um, where I became the IT system salesman. This was a a job uh, called and um, here I learned very quickly that mobile is the new hot shit um, out there. And I saw the mobile internet uh, coming up. Um, back then, it was still based on edge, like a, a, the connectivity was really slow and un, unusable and unpredictable in most cases. But uh, it was announced that there's something new coming up that is faster, uh, the devices became um, more developed and so on. So I, I saw this happening like, internet is already there, but the mobile internet rebuilded new thing that that's that's happening and um i thought okay i jump into this topic in somehow um so i found a job um which was uh, about ringtones and sms services and uh it's, at some point um when iphone came out i i went into everything uh, at marketing right and yeah that's uh, how my career started And then uh, how I ended up uh, as the founder of Admiral Media, the performance marketing agency. Um, By the way, Admiral Media is like three years old now. We are almost 20 people in the team, fully remote. um, And we run paid social and search campaigns for a lot of apps, also a lot of e-commerce businesses uh, now um, like normal web and uh, um, shopping campaigns, so to say. And I I created this company after being head of performance marketing or CMO in many startups in in Berlin. And um, I thought there's a lot of demand out there um, and I can fulfill this also as a freelancer, but then it became so many requests that I started hiring people. And this is how Admiral Media um, uh, happened, let's say. And yeah, that's uh, where I am now. Beautiful sunshine state, running my own company, uh, having a nice. fantastic team, um, and working with great uh, partners like you.
0: <laughs> nice. I didn't know you. Do, you didn't uh, study. I also, you know, I don't have a degree as well. I, I basically call myself an uneducated hustler. And um, <laughs> yeah. in a way, in a way, by the way, like I started my career in advertising technology in early two thousands, where I kind of guess you could pull it off if you uh, if you worked your ass off and it's interesting I, I know that if i would now send my resume um, to companies like try to apply i think the automatic filters would just kick mm-hmm. my resume out many times i guess so yeah yeah you're not some... from that
1: popular university you
0: get filtered, yeah yeah, yeah. Do, do you sometimes like uh, regret that you didn't do a degree no never um mm. i okay no but that's not true
1: um for like six months or something i uh, regretted it um because I was like stuck in my uh, path, uh, in, in my career path, let's say, and um, I didn't see progress, so I thought maybe it's because I didn't study. Um, so, so I actually signed up for. Um, it's called, in Germany, it's called Fernstudium. I don't know what's called what the English term is like. Um, Distance college or mm. just learn, yeah, learn, like, learning from yeah. home, and sometimes you have present uh, uh, things. So I went to like two sessions, and then uh, there was this new job happening, and um, uh, I stopped it again.
0: <laughs> I, I did the same. I did the same early in my career. I tried Open University, and I just I basically saw myself. It was kind of like either I work twelve hours, which I absolutely loved, or I do a mm. course. And the courses in like um, like academia, especially the uh, for for a BA, are so basic. So I was like seriously, like I, I like I don't even get why I waste my time on it. To be fair, I had many like many um, times in my career where I was really questioning this. And especially I remember when I uh, when I flew to Berlin to meet the uh, Applied heat Fox people, and every single person I met had either a master, PhD, or double masters or triple oh, masters, welcome. and I was really kind of like, you know, in a way feeling like that, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, like, you know, kind of like embarrassed and so on. And they're like, what are you talking about? You have like 15 plus years experience in the industry. It's like, you're good. You don't need a degree. And <laughs> I, th- I think when you become an entrepreneur, you really realize that you probably gain the knowledge by experience. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I do, I would like at some point to, to do it. I think I mostly want to do it because I want to like a uh, um, American blockbuster movie college life of living in dorms and doing like parties but <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair I'm mean, I'm in my 40s so that's yeah. <laughs> probably not going to happen.
1: Oh oh I know I know a few people that are older than 40 and still try to live that life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, we like we're, we're from Germany like we know a lot of the same people who do this. <laughs> yeah um, and like if you needed to tell someone you know early in their career who wants to be wants to be you like you're you're running your own show you're really well known in the industry uh you've been to a lot of places you get called in you know for your opinions um how does someone become an Android company
1: funny question um i, I think i think you mentioned it already like um it, it's a lot of hustling um, and a lot of cur- uh, um, curiosity. You have to do a lot of things, uh, touch a lot of things. Like a, like a, so I'm trying to compare this like um, with kids. When, when kids play around, they just tap, tap everything, they touch everything, oh, um, the oven is hot, oh, ouch, um, right? And as an adult, um, you don't do this anymore or you tend to do it less, let's put it this way. Uh, because you are risk averse you are developing uh, fears and so on so you you are trying to follow the processes you've learned in the past right but i try to keep my curiosity my my children's uh, my my uh, behavior uh, let's say and and this is the way um i get in touch with, with completely new topics um how i learn completely new things how i meet completely different type of people and and so on and I try to soak all these things, all those things up like a like a sponge, and I think this is um, one of the drivers um, how I ended up in in, in that uh, space and how why people maybe perceive me as a thought leader in some uh, uh, um, industry things, right? Um, and I basically made my job my hobby, and and or or my hobby became my job, or. Let's put it this way. And probably this is um, yeah, a, a good way to get into any industry and uh, become um, yeah, be-
0: become someone
1: like me, let's say.
0: You know, it's amazing. It's like, so I asked this question to a lot of people in this interview series, and it's a lot of smart people. And almost everybody kind of sent, said the same. And it's, I think that the fact that you use thought leader um, thought leader is literally someone asking the dumbest questions in like that and no one wants to to ask um you ask like what other people are like i don't know too embarrassed to ask or their ego doesn't allow them to and then you you know if you if you try to ask the right questions or you ask questions you learn yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like related to, you know, we, like uh, another question is like, what piece of advice would you give anyone coming into this industry? You know, you also hire, I'm, I'm assuming some of them, some of the people you hire are juniors they are starting their career. What piece of advice do you give them if they want to be successful? Um,
1: I'm, I'm just uh, out of a feedback uh, talk with one of my employees and uh, colleagues. Um, the main i mean we have company values right um that's one thing Uh, be passionate drive things um be the be be the first in the space and so so we have a couple of company values but the core of it is again it's curiosity um and i think that's the best advice i can give um you can learn any technical thing right like ios 14 tracking works like this and that and so on Uh, This is how Facebook works and how you use uh, that um, ad platform and this tracking technology. I don't know what. You can all learn that easily. There's a lot of knowledge out there. Um, And you can learn this by working on the job, right? Um, But the main thing is you won't learn if you're not curious because there won't be a teacher every day in front of you who's telling you six hours, um, this is how it works. This is how you do it. Like this micromanagement type of thing, right? You need to do it yourself And um, doing it yourself doesn't mean just executing on the tasks that you have in your Asana board, Um, it's really trying to understand like why am I doing this, Um, and um, what else could I do um, to to make it even better, Um, can I maybe improve my own processes um, in managing a campaign or uploading stuff or uh, uh, getting creatives uh, produced whatever right so. uh, curiosity is core um, in your personal development i believe and, and that's that's the best advice i can give here um, if you're entering adverti- the advertising or digital marketing industry so to say it's a very technology driven thing um and th- it's changing every day which makes it so um interesting for me as well um you have to stay curious and just touch things like a child
0: you know, I, I interviewed uh, recently uh, Lucina. She works at Trade Republic, and she, she has been only in this industry for a year and a half. And in a way, she has an advantage over people who've been in the industry for much longer because she comes with a like, fresh set of eyes, and she's not tainted by what other people told her. And I don't know, she has this like natural curiosity to challenge the obvious, which I think is one of the best skills people can have. And it's not about like rudeness or arrogance. It's just, you know, asking very basic questions. Why is this like this, Uh, which really helps people um, sometimes see that there is another way and maybe what we've been doing was correct for a while. But as you said, and I think we both agree there, our industry changes fast and a lot. Um, mm. like obviously we're also driven by the fact that technology changes all the time, but this is a highly competitive global industry that constantly innovate, and we cannot just you know pretend that oh the, the thing we've been doing two years ago like doesn't work anymore, and we're not sure, maybe we just need to do it harder. No, it just changed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's irrelevant. 100%. Mm. Um, next question is kind of like an extremely generic question, but I always ask it in this interview series. And I'm uh, really interested to hear your opinion, obviously because you're also running an agency. So is marketing an art or a science? I would say that's a good one. Um,
1: it probably depends on which person you ask and in which role that person works. Um, but I, I, as a... Um, founder of an agency I would say it's a mix of both um, because in some way it's art how you package messaging how you uh, tr- understand reaching a- the consumer or uh, it's b2b marketing how you tr- uh, want to win a client so this probably involves some art um, in, in really putting the creative things together Um, But it also is art um, if you really understand um, how Facebook ads works, how a new channel like TikTok um, evolves and how you could leverage the power of such channel. Um, It's certainly art if you understand how um, technology helps you in understanding which marketing dollars get you revenues and so on and so on. So there's a lot of art involved. And at the same time, it's uh, somehow a science because um, consumers are driven by um, uh, basic psychological um, constraints, right? So there's this Maslow pyramid, um, if I'm not mistaken, not Maslow, right? Yeah, Maslow um,
0: pyramid of needs.
1: And there's a lot of science involved um, in in uh, marketing communication, right? Uh, but also science in crunching the numbers, uh, LTV modeling. Like real science, right? Um, yeah. Trying to understand customer lifetime value and uh, trying to predict it even um, with big data and uh, trying to understand incrementality and calculating effects of uh, this channel versus this channel. So there's a lot of um, math and science involved um, yeah. and art.
0: And let's talk a little bit about the changes that's happened in the industry. So, obviously, you know, last year, privacy, ATT, IDFA, and so on. How involved have you been with like assisting uh, or helping your companies kind of like resolve the tracking drama um, everyone's experienced?
1: Well, <laughs> if someone is saying he resolved it, uh, <laughs> um, I- I'd be happy to uh, talk to that person. Um, I guess we had to adapt to um, many changes. And um, this means like reporting and uh, optimization of campaigns have changed. Um, We certainly cannot say we have resolved anything here. Uh, We are really just adapting to a new era of uh, um, digital marketing um, with the tools that are given to us, right? And, And the limitations that come with them. Uh, So at the moment, uh, the situation with clients was more or less mixed, let's say. They were were perceived very different. Um, So in the past 10 years, we were trained to um, spend $10,000, see $20,000 of revenue attributed to Facebook, very clear. The uh, ROAS reported there, uh, okay, clear marketing decision. Let's put more money on that. Um, And this was like... Uh, uh, trained up uh, for the past years and we tend to follow that even when uh, things change right and that's why suddenly there was no ROAS reported anymore oh the campaign must be really bad so let's pause it Um, so those marketing dollars went into different things for example Android campaigns right Um, the failure here in, in thinking is that the consumer is not converting anymore it just wasn't reported properly Right? So I, I think there was a lot of um, false decisions going on in the market, but now the clients have, or uh, uh, the advertisers have adapted to that new world and try to pull new uh, levers to understand um, how marketing dollars still bring revenue. One of them is certainly incrementality, um, trying to understand which effect Does my marketing spend have on the total development? Uh, Does it move the needle um, and and top line revenue and so on? Um, And other things um, are very much improved uh, um, tracking and reporting from Apple, right? So it's uh, definitely getting better and better, but it takes time to adapt to that thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Google recently added their own... Like, they, they didn't announce, yeah, yeah, they kind of announced their own privacy moves. What do you think Google were, is going to be doing differently than Apple?
1: Well, it's my first impression is that um, it seems that they listened a little bit more to uh, advertisers or are more on the advertiser's side, let's say. Um, Apple was pretty much confronting um, app developers um, and pushing them into a completely new era of um, yeah app development and marketing because the tracking also has an effect on how i uh, present the purchase option uh, of digital goods in, in my app right um but it goes too much into details here i, I believe that uh, google gives us more options um as advertisers uh, and it does not necessarily push developers into a corner where they have to rethink um, their subscription f- uh, uh, models and when they present purchase options in the apps and so on. Uh, I think it's more flexible.
0: So, did you read about the sandbox, basically, like the Google Android sandbox? Basically, it's kind of like the same as they've been doing in Chrome, even though they pushed it. Um, Chrome is supposed to already be out, but Essentially, it is similar to SKN network in terms where reporting will be in aggregate form. Mm. So yeah, in a way, it's like moving to a similar direction. But I think Google, unlike Apple, is really giving the market a long time and a testing framework as well, which Apple did not. And if you remember the original, okay. yeah, the original yeah. timeline Apple gave was like three months. And during a pandemic, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like and there was no testing uh, ability. no one could get an SK network postdoc to work
1: yeah exactly. Um, they were not really uh, supporting um, developers to be honest and advertisers um, and neither did they obviously um, support Facebook and uh, Google to uh, implement these things and snapchat and, and and the all the other platforms right um, yeah, what I'm saying is Google seems to give us also more uh, details even though they are aggregating um, they seem to share more information with us um, in the end. And yes, uh, I mean what is it two years waiting time? Um, yeah that's
0: that's quite beneficial <laughs> to adapt we're, we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that but before that um, like when you look at the like iOS, do you think it really or do you see that it influenced? Advertisers, specifically performance uh, advertisers, do you see like, you know, like mobile only performance brands going into web, into offline? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the drivers uh, why advertisers went into
1: web was not really uh, tracking and privacy changes. It was rather uh, the fees that they had to share with Apple. So they tried to find ways to get around the 30% cuts. Uh, And all the, especially when you're running a subscription business, uh, all the notifications that customers get. um, uh, Hey, you're renewing your plan. Do you really want to renew? Um, So if you're acquiring a customer in web, using, for example, different payment methods, um, you wouldn't get those notifications every time. So the renewal rate is better. You're not paying the uh, cut um, to Apple, right? So I think this was one driver for, for web acquisition. Since um, iOS 14, I have not seen so much interest in moving away from app marketing to web marketing. Um, I rather have seen that um, advertisers went um, very strong into uh, Android. Um, They moved for some time away from iOS um, until they fully digested uh, what's happening and understood what's going on. And um, other advertisers um, saw, the, saw this gap. Uh, okay, advertisers are pulling out uh, from iOS advertising. So, probably CPMs go down. Um, so, let me go all in, <laughs> um, even though tracking is not perfect. Um, and I, I've seen both things, definitely.
0: Did you run into anyone who was actually, in your view, prepared for, like, again, from the marketer side, like, actually prepared for all these privacy changes? Mm, defined, prepared, <laughs> <laughs> fully um, uh, adapting their uh, like attribution model to a network. Uh, I don't know, relying on you know partial data, moving to blended.
1: Yeah. No, I think um, that's probably because I'm on agency side. Uh, we get clients because they need help, um, and very often um, they need help with exactly those questions, right? So they are usually completely unprepared. Um, they have a vague understanding okay apple did something um but in most cases um we really have to um, do a lot of knowledge transfer right so our, our clients come to us uh, show us their accounts and uh, very often we have to do a lot of changes um and give them additional things to do in development uh, to make tracking work again and, and these kind of things right so it's but this is an agency thing um If I talk to industry friends who are on app developer side, there is certainly um, people out there that are super uh, prepared and have uh, very smart people working on those topics. Um, And uh, um, they are way better positioned in in many cases, right? But it's usually um, really big companies that have enough money to hire the best data people, uh, the best growth marketers, um, and so on. It's um, with startups and scale ups, it's uh, very often different. Uh, And in corporations where apps is not core asset, it's really just one other thing that they do, um, then those teams are also very often understaffed or hired with uh, wrong backgrounds, let's say. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. ask us uh, as an agency to support them
0: now you mentioned, you know, Google gave us two years. Um, now the question, and uh, you know, do, do you think people will actually be prepared for when Google pulls the plug, or do you think it's kind of like, you know, when people study to exams, they push it, push it, push it, then cram last night before the exam?
1: It will be a mix, I guess. Um, with Apple, it was similar. Um, there was quite some time to prepare. Um, Let's be fair. It's it's, um, there. There was some rumors going on. There was already some documentation on Apple's pages. It was all not perfect, but they definitely gave us a a heads up. Hey, guys, there's something happening. Um, And the many developers didn't not they did not even recognize um, until last moment. And then there were others um, who knew it, but still didn't adapt. for various reasons uh, most cases it, it's just like they are stuck in their kind of development processes right so they have to put it into their roadmap uh, product guys have to go through that uh, qa has to do things so there's a lot of things going on in companies um which just need a lot of time um and and then you suddenly fall into a situation where you're overwhelmed by the release of a new thing from apple and you're still not uh, ready with this
0: you know it's amazing it's like you know, sometimes I think Paul Bowen named me once Nostradamus of advertising <laughs> technology, and and you know Nostradamus predicts things, but for me it was never a prediction. Like uh, so, a SK like like when Apple made the uh, ATT move, it was SK it was announced with SKA network 2.0, 1.0 came years before, and I remember when 1.0 came out, I already recognized. Okay, this is going somewhere, and right. same goes for. Um, you know, uh, like when when Apple started making their privacy move. This was in May 2019, where they had a blog post on WebKit. WebKit is like a, one of the official like Apple dev blogs. Literally saying, this is what we will be doing when it comes to privacy tracking on apps. Everything written in this uh, article, May 2019, happened. And like between you and I, I actually remember sharing it with a couple of. CEOs of MMPs, like attribution companies, telling them, hey, what do you think? This could be kind of like disrupting to your company's business. Usually the response was, you know, we have very good relationships with Apple. They'll never do something without consulting mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. yeah, but Apple, I think it uh, does what Apple does and benefits Apple and kind of makes sense. It's a for-profit uh, stock-listed company. Why not? Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about incrementality. So how do you define incrementality in marketing? And do you think incrementality is like the holy grail your customers wish for? Hmm.
1: Well, I I think you cannot define incrementality in different ways. It's always, um, does my marketing give me more um, payback? (laughs) Um, And and you try to understand the um, effects um, of whatever you spend in digital marketing, um, the question is: It the holy grail for every customer? That's a little bit hard to answer. I would say the it really depends on um, first of all where is my where is this company in the life cycle as a company with their product and um what do they do they want to achieve with certain campaigns right um very often they want to build up um a a user base in a new market or something like that and um they may probably start from zero so everything is incremental so it's probably not the holy grail but um the new users need to do some certain things to prove um that this product works in that market with that audience right so the holy grail here is probably this retention rate great um can we improve it by five percent so it's really depending um and it's a case-by-case uh question i would say
0: no it's like one of the um like before starting the company i was definitely in the mindset of multi-touch attribution and how can we measure multi-touch and then when i started thinking about incrementality the analogy that often came in my head was a a train um, rolling down a mountain and you're pushing it and you're pushing at this paid media and how do you distinguish inertia versus engine versus you pushing it how do you distinguish what is actually helping the train move or speed up or speed down and so on and again like my mind usually went to multi-touch 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 luckily we have a lot of actual scientists working in this industry, some of the, you know, know, some of the best companies in our uh, world are essentially advertising technology companies, and you have amazing data scientists who are there to actually solve these problems with actual science, which, let's face it, for us uh, laymen, sometimes it's like black magic, but uh, anyway, it's pretty cool. I wanted to um, uh, run you uh, through a list of like, you know buzzwords flying around in the industry and kind of hear what's your opinion about these if you think eh? these are you know industry bullshit or um, actual things people should be doing looking at uh, thinking about uh, aware of and so on um yeah so cross-platform advertising um i would um i So Admiral Media,
1: a performance marketing agency, we started as an app marketing agency, given my background. Remember, I started in ringtones and then got into apps. But now, uh, since we are getting more and more requests from very different industries, uh, we try to become a a platform-independent digital marketing agency. Right. So uh, cross-platform advertising is relevant, is important. And in the end of the day, you don't reach a customer only on one platform. Um, if it's an advertising channel, social media platform, whatever um, you call platform, um, I'm watching TV, I'm using a phone, I'm on a desktop computer, I use all the different uh, uh, news pages uh, where Google Display Network is involved um, and in social media and so on. So there's always cross-platform happening, um, so it's definitely not bullshit and definitely something a marketer should understand and use. Mm-hmm to uh, his or her advantage. Media mix modeling? Everything that um, has modeling um, in, in the name is, I wouldn't call it, uh, no, definitely not bullshit. Um, it's definitely an interesting method to understand where advertising dollars give you payback. Um, but I tend to simplify things. Um, could be because I never studied. <laughs> Um, So what I uh, um, see happening in many companies is that they um, put a lot of science into very basic things and that it's very often unnecessary if you just use, I would call it street knowledge, right? So um, what uh, reasonable decisions can be made um, without um, putting three data scientists on the job.
0: You know, it's like on the, um, on the incremental blog, um, I have a DIY incrementality test like that you can literally use Excel because uh, many use cases, you don't really need anything other than Excel graphs and knowing if it looks like this, it's good. If it looks like this, it's not so good. Maybe you want to do something about it. <laughs> um, yeah people often over really try to over engineer solutions mm-hmm. i mean that,
1: that's also in the nature of um of humans right we want to understand things more deep we ask more questions uh, we want to have answers to those but does it really uh, make uh, help you to make a better decision uh, question that right so very often um all those questions were asked asked by ceos and cmo's and vp of marketings um, to delay a decision because they are not sure, they are afraid, and they need want, want to have another number um, to understand it. But in the end of the day, um, you don't need 12 additional numbers and uh, graphs uh, to make a decision. You sometimes just need to uh, use common sense um, to make an even better decision, and you are way faster with this.
0: Yeah, you know, I once actually presented this. Uh, like, I was in a, I was doing a presentation to like 50 user acquisition managers in San Francisco. And I basically showed this, like, you know, you have a Coca-Cola marketer. He put a budget on TV, went to sleep, like uh, a couple of days later, got a sales report and saw that, oh, wow, sales grew by 3%. Amazing. And you have the UA person who's basically up all night looking at click to install time, uh, looking at CTRs, looking at like, oh, wait, what's the uh, percent of uh, users coming in the first hour? Wait, what is the CPM fluctuations? Hmm, What's the retention? Day zero, day one. Like the enormity of data, actually, in a way, further, that's from very simple oh i put a budget and sales went up by three percent cool i can like let me show this to my boss and get a raise much much easier life in a way that's all i'm saying Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) influencer marketing
1: um it's probably influencer marketing is um definitely a super interesting thing it's probably changing nowadays um and big it started with uh, okay this is a popular youtuber uh, let me ship him some products and they will promote it and then i have more sales right so this is how influencer marketing um, started i mean um, we all grew up with testimonials the good old influencer marketing where um, all the big brands used super important soccer players uh, in tv right so that's where's the difference now this soccer player has his own instagram channel and became an influencer Um, but at the same time I'm an influencer, when I'm posting or telling you more, or, hey, you should use this tool. And um, uh, by the way, uh, we are both in B2B marketing, right? So, hey, you should use um, Pipedrive instead of HubSpot because it's so cool. I would influence you. Um, So this is more and more becoming a um, user-generated model. Um, more and more nano micro influencer companies are popping up and are trying to connect the dots between consumers and uh, brands Um, so yeah that's definitely uh, a very interesting industry and uh, can definitely be used for your success uh, when you're selling products or services
0: connected TV as an advertising medium
1: um definitely interesting growing business i haven't touched uh anything there yet um at least not that i'm aware of uh, because when you're running uh advertising on google display you're probably also get, getting something on android uh um, driven tvs uh, without knowing it um so yeah it's definitely something people should look into yeah okay
0: and the the a little bit wild ones nfts
1: <laughs> well, I tr- tried to push this away from you I even muted the word once uh, on Twitter <laughs> because, it beca- <laughs> because it became too much in my feed somehow and I didn't probably didn't want to understand what that is because uh, it was I-, I considered it as art um, but it, for me this wasn't art It's, it's I, I, art for me is a real thing on my wall for example um, but The problem here is I probably pushed it away for the wrong reasons and it's uh, becoming a very interesting thing for us as an agency as well Uh, because we got pulled into this by a friend of mine who's uh, um, releasing a collection and we are now promoting this. Um, wow! I I learned a lot of new things here. I'm actually hiring for a marketing lead for NFTs (laughs) so that I can position ourselves um, in, in that space um i see hundreds of brands already uh, investing in that space trying to understand what what that is um and the, the, the I, I i see now i understand it a little better and i see a lot of advantages for brands um to connect with their consumers i i once heard um another podcast a german one um they are called doppelganger mm-hmm. um super super cool podcast actually Um, but the um, the guy said like uh, NFTs don't solve a problem um, that hasn't been solved before and he's somehow right Um, it's CRM uh, technology loyalty programs uh, special access uh, management um, whatever NFTs try to uh, offer is existing um q a q every qr code uh, can be an nft in the end of the day right so uh, why does it need to be on the blockchain uh, what does the blockchain really solve in that sense um it's, it's a complex topic uh, but definitely interesting um and i see apple media um playing a role in that space
0: and the last one metaverse
1: mm, pretty much connected to the previous topic right so the the Uh, metaverse Um, very early stage to say uh, how much I like it Um, probably I should look way more into this uh, and not push it away as I did with NFTs in the beginning Um, I do not see myself uh, being in a meeting for four hours with such massive goggles on my head Um, because I like to look out of my window, see my pool, see my palm trees, whatever Um, just (laughs) bragging (laughs) (laughs) the advantages of uh, living in spain by the way um so and having those goggles on my head is probably not what i want to have but um diving away for an hour to play something why not um having a virtual conference meeting people from china uh, in a more realistic way, in 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 this uh, world, let's say, um, c- could be
0: cool. Why not? What's a random fact about you? Oh, that's a good question. A random fact about me: I
1: was a good judo fighter once.
0: <laughs> like did you do some championships and so on?
1: No, like as a until I was uh, in the eighth grade or something. Um, so I was uh, not winning championships or something, but I, uh, in in my uh, youth I was uh, doing a lot of this. <laughs> what belt did you get? Yeah, I ended up with uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Orange green.
0: Mm. <laughs> cool. And Andre, if people want to follow you uh, digitally, ideally, uh, where 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 can they uh, follow you? How can they reach you? Um,
1: yeah, I mean obviously LinkedIn is uh, the way to go um, and otherwise I'm on Twitter um, but yeah th- th- those are probably the main two channels that I'm using for professional connections
0: cool so thank you so much for your time I'm uh, not going to keep you from your pool and palm trees uh, <laughs> for too long uh, <laughs> and uh, yes again thank you so much it's been a pleasure it's always a pleasure uh, speaking you. Yeah, same same always a pleasure uh, and thanks for having me cool. ciao, ciao ciao guy